0: Ah, let's be grateful and thankful that the love of God is all that there is and the love of God is shining in our heart, in our mind, and it is the very nature of our existence. We are grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We are grateful to recognize the infinite wisdom that is active in our awareness. We are grateful to come together For the purpose of having more clarity, being of higher service, relinquishing any blocks to love in our own mind, and supporting others in doing the same. We are grateful that we are fully supplied, fully funded by an infinite source. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all, and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah. All right. So, right out of the gate, does anybody have any uh, issues that have come up with clients, anything like that, that you'd like to put some attention on? Any challenges? Linda? Well,
1: I can talk about the call that wasn't a spiritual counseling call, but really was a spiritual counseling call. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I had my judgments about this call that I had to make because I sensed that it was a spiritual counseling call and not an admin call. And I've dealt with this person in the past and had some challenges with her. Um, talked to Lori about it, she was very helpful <laughs> and um, helped reframe my mind. And then I reached out um, to my text group and asked for prayers. And then I called this person and started off with a prayer, just like I would with the spiritual counseling call. And it went very well. Um, yeah, I'm happy to say that I uh, am grateful for the shift in my heart, where I'm feeling um, much more love and compassion towards this person. Um, yeah, I can still, I still admit that I don't want to have a lot of conversations with her, if <laughs> possible. <laughs> but I felt that it was a very um, productive call, and um, that I was able to relay to her a couple of uh, things that happened in my own life that um, she found very helpful to help her switch her mind around, so, Mm. yeah, so it was a very helpful call for me, because... You know, I'm learning over and over and over again that when I can release the judgments, then life is so much easier. So much easier.
0: It is. And then we can also, when the judgments are gone, blocks to love are gone, then we can see clearly how to support someone. And we don't see them as an obstacle or a pain in the butt or difficult or any of that. And then they don't need to be difficult or a pain in the butt or an obstacle. Because we've already, we've transcended our limiting thoughts about them. So they don't need to be that uh, sandpaper against our consciousness to right. down. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, um, one of my favorite songs, and Sue, you probably know this song, uh, is the one, Rolling River God. You know that song, Rolling River God? I have to look for a link to it. I, I There was a woman who sang it at Agape. I can't think of her name right now. And one time she sang it, and it just it was such a healing. And I had a tape of it. Uh, that I just wore out, and uh, back in the cassette tape days, and uh, so Rolling River God. The uh, the the gist of the lyric is, and it it's just an absolutely beautiful song. But the gist of the lyric is that I I I, I am. A rough stone in the river of God and I am so grateful that the river is making me smooth and I can feel I am getting smoother all the time it's basically the gist of the lyric and I used to listen to that song and I used to just weep and weep and weep because it was exactly how I felt that I was this rough stone in the river of God being made smoother all the time and for me Quite literally, I I really cannot overstate this, for me, I was so and am so profoundly grateful that it is possible, that the possibility even exists, that I could be made smooth. Because I was so convinced of the impossibility. That uh, that song was such a great inspiration and comfort to me when I was making that transition in my mind from b- believing that uh, it was not possible for me to that it not only was possible for me but for everyone. And you know, think of think of this, what a gift it would be. Imagine if you had the opportunity. To work with someone like, who was really, as I had, who was really just miserable and and, and so dysfunctional and getting in their own way a hundred times a day, like I used to do myself. And to be able to work with that person over the course of, you know, years perhaps and to see them totally transform their lives you know I I have clients that when they came to me they hadn't had a single relationship that felt good or fulfilling and they're married with children now and they're happy they're in good marriages of course they did the work but I supported them in not giving up and in just believing that it was possible and so And it's so gratifying. It's so fulfilling to be able to do that. And working with the clients, they teach us as they're doing it. They are teaching us, absolutely. And when I started out, I had clients that I did not look forward to being with them. I had clients that would call me constantly about every little thing at times. And um, they would bring the same insanity every time. You know, their mind was just, uh, and and uh, they just bring it every time. So we never had a conversation before. The only difference was now they would come to me fully convinced that, I could help them come back to center. And then after they spoke with me, they would be more centered. And then I had to learn. I'm just going to turn this off. It's too loud for me. Um, then I had to learn to when to let them self-soothe like a like a baby. A lot of you have had children. You have to let the baby You have to let the baby learn to self-soothe and to find the answers within themselves and to not be always dependent on you and so we have to do that with our clients too you learn to follow your intuition do i take this call from them or not do i call them back today or do i wait another day And our personalities get in the midst of it, like, oh, I just don't want to talk to them. They're so manipulative. And um, some clients are intensely manipulative, intensely. Um, they're looking for many different things. One thing they're looking for is uh, are you stable or not? Will you collapse under their attack or not will you stay loving and kind and centered do you have good boundaries or can they run their whole game all over you uh just like a child would you know a child whose parents don't establish you know this, this is acceptable and this is totally not acceptable and there's no there's not a middle ground here you know like it's oh it's okay to smoke when you're 12 sometimes sometimes it's fine but you know but and then the child's trying to figure out well when is sometimes fine and when is it not you know that that's crazy making to a child and i do a lot of counseling with a lot of mothers where i have done a lot of counseling with a lot of mothers whose daughters hate them they hate their mothers i mean that's what the appearance is that's what the mother believes and so the mother's just trying not to poke the bear all the time and trying to just uh, find some way to please their daughter. And that just makes their daughter hate them even more because the daughter is so aware that they can totally manipulate their mother, that their mother is afraid of them. And it just makes these these young women or sometimes they're not so young, uh, or the girls of all ages, They just uh, are beside themselves with anxiety and upset and and frustration and anger and hurt because their mother is so manipulatable, if that's even a word. And um, it's crazy-making to them. And so they're just acting out ten ways from Sundays. They they can't even – like, it doesn't even make sense. They're just distressed all the time. And, um, and the mothers just think it's because they're a bad mother, or because their daughter is an evil child, or something like that. But that's a very common thing. Has anybody encountered somebody with that situation going on? Yeah. What have you learned about that particular thing, Lori? You
2: no, know, for me, I—it's um, a friend who hasn't asked for a spiritual counseling session yet. So I have found that I'm just in the role of listening to her right now, um, and so I haven't had the opportunity to counsel her. I've seen that example play out in front of me. And I'm like, okay, I'll listen. Like she actually, she comes and cleans my house and she brings her daughter with her. And she actually came in, got my door and sat down on my bed and just started talking to me about mm. her concerns about her daughter. And I just listened, you know, because there, there's a certain point like, if someone comes to me for a spiritual counseling session, it's different because they'll pause and then they'll say, um, and then I'll feel allowed to say or ask something. But in this case, I felt like she just needed someone to talk to. And when I listened to her, she said, thank you. I haven't been able to talk to anybody about this.
0: Yeah. 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 it's deeply distressing to people it 's deeply distress distressing to the mother and the daughter yeah. and so Linda with the person that you're thank you laurie with the Linda with the person you're talking about i've known them for a number of years, and um,
3: some people
0: I sense that there is such a strong belief that there's something wrong with me, something so fundamentally wrong with me, that taking responsibility for my life being a mess would be to admit this is all me. And so... They have to find someone else to blame for everything. You know, maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's there's a fire in my town or there's a flood in my town. And, um, you know, whatever. They've just got a a long list of things they can blame other people on. uh, Blame on other people. And so they naturally, of course, they find themselves in situations where um, they go into an apartment where the landlord then becomes so annoyed with them the landlord wants to get them out of their life because they're constantly complaining and then they're calling the city and now they're making life a nightmare for the landlord and the other tenants in the building and and they just see that life is unfair it 's so hard. Everybody is against them. They're doing such... They're such a light. I'm a light worker. You know, I'm a very spiritual person. I have a deep spiritual practice. And they just aren't willing to see that everywhere they go, they're creating this hysteria around them, that it is indeed emanating from their own mental patterns. Because if they took any responsibility at all, they would just collapse under their own self judgment so they have to keep saying it's them it's them it's them yeah and they some people just make everything very very difficult for themselves you know they spend hours on the day in on cu- customer service calls you know with stores and banks and trying to unravel these you know, nightmarish things with the insurance company and this and that. And, you know, there are, believe me, there are a lot of, of course, we all know there are many, many things like this in our life that can either go easily or they can be awful. Just depends on our approach, you know. Um
2: And go ahead, Laurie. I was going to say, honestly, I used to be one of those people. Me too. And um, I – so it's funny that now that I look back on it, I can – I'm now learning to love that part of myself. That's what this – what going through – this thing with my leg has been about um because yeah I can I can see how when I fell I fell once then I fell a second time and I I let myself be mad for the first time in a very long time and I I went through all of those feelings and I wanted to blame everybody and I was like wow I haven't been in this spot for a while like but I wanted to blame God, and I wanted to blame the angels, and I wanted to blame everyone for it. And I let myself do it just knowing that it needed to cycle out of me, and I was was observing it. Well, this Saturday night I fell a third time, Hmm. and I got to this place of, I'm frustrated, but I don't have to get as mad right now because I know I am I would allow myself to get mad if I wanted to now. I know I would allow myself to feel afraid now. I've been down that road the last time it happened, and I can go there if I want, and I gave myself permission, but I didn't have to because I knew that I wasn't going to be guilty or feel bad because of it. But I saw that part of myself and I saw how okay I can love that part of myself that would want to, to complain. But being in that I really felt like I had this experience of feeling like staying in that state of complaining or just looking around and going, Okay, well, I'm I'm I took I took a step back in my I'm back to Kind of square one right now. Um, but what can I do? And how can I, what, how can I enjoy my day? And so it was such a shift. It was so subtle. I can't even put it into words, but it was, it was almost like I was like, huh, I know I can go to that extreme. Or I can just enjoy my time now. But, The other thing I saw was that by allowing myself to go to the extreme a couple weeks ago and just stay in that anger because I needed, you know, I just felt like it was needed and there was part of me that was like, okay, sweetheart, I love you. Do what you need to do. Um, I didn't, it's a whole different way that I've come around. I'm living through the trust section in the teacher's manual right now. Like, all of the different stages. I was like, okay, there's my initial fall. Okay, now I had the second fall, and I see where that comes at stage four. And now I've had a third fall, and now I'm like, oh, I'm seeing the stage of unsettling, where I'm starting to see where nothing really meant what I thought it meant, and I'm aware that willingness isn't what I thought it was before You know, I I can't put it all into words. Sorry, I'm rambling, but um, it's it's been interesting. But just knowing that I was at that point of where the person that you were speaking to, Linda, I've been her. And so I know it's totally possible with the love that you gave her. And that you continue giving her and that she continues. That's why she feels connected to the ministry because that's all she's going to get here. You know, so I know it's entirely possible. It, it's not easy sometimes, but as someone who used to be that kind of person, I will say it's possible. So thank you for just loving her. And being willing to show up and love her.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, and I knew I had to get in my right mind before I spoke to her. Um, When I initially reached out, I was okay. And then um, we had to move my cousin into his brother's house this weekend because he's not able to take care of himself anymore. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of emotional turmoil going on within me. And I know I knew that I could not talk to her when I was in that space, that I had to allow myself to feel all those feelings and, um, and come back to a place where I could be peaceful about everything. Yeah. Before I spoke to her. I wanted to be as centered as possible for myself and for her.
0: Yeah. You know, another thing that this is reminding me of is an experience I've had many times. I'll give you an example. There'd be somebody in my life, might be a client, might be a friend, somebody in my life, doesn't matter, and I think on the surface – there's the appearance that they're stuck or stuck-ish and that they're unwilling and that they're avoiding, that they are um, uh, unwilling. And uh, I would have the, the thought like, Ugh, you know i just i just can't uh I can't i can't deal with that anymore i just can't support that anymore i have to just say you know enough enough i i i just have to distance myself from that and then in my personal experience i would find myself doing something that was a clear demonstration of my being unwilling, my being stuck-ish, my um, doing the exact same kind of thing in a slightly different way. And because my, my... one of my my best intuitive tool all the time is to say what's this about what's this for what does this mean all the time what's that about what's that about what's that about and then i may get the insight right then it may come the next day or whatever you know and so let's say i would do some self-indulgent um self-medicating thing and then wake up feeling like uh I can't believe I did that again. And then right into my mind, spirit shows me the picture or the memory of the person that I was thinking. You know, I just, I can't deal with them anymore. I just don't, uh, you know, they're doing what they're doing and I just need to walk away from them. And I'd be like, oh, so we're just like each other. I'm just like them. And what is the answer? The answer is never to give up on them, to love them, and to not judge them. And that's what I'm going to do for myself right now. And then I'm going to call them and say, how are you doing? Thank you for helping me. Right? I mean, one of the to me, one of the things that I have found to be – more challenging not that it you know really emotionally cooked me or really but a number of times over the years folks in masterful living uh, counseling clients would say you know I, I know them for a period of time and get to know who's really important in their life and um Sometimes they were friends, uh, re- just really close friends, and pals, and, um, or sometimes they were married to each other, or but very connected. And one of them would become more dysfunctional, let's say, or just going through a difficult time and, you know, a little bit in the hamster wheel of repeating experiences. And the other one was, is judging them and saying, you know, they, why aren't they getting it? Why aren't they getting it? Why, you know, I'm trying to tell them what's going on here and what the pattern is and how to break it. And they're not listening to me. And they're just stuck in their thing. And, you know, ain't nobody got time for that. I, I can't be friends with that. I can't have that in my life. I can't. Enough already. Enough. For God's sakes, I mean, don't I have the right to abandon this person? Because they're bugging me, and I'm tired of it. And I'd say, you know, actually what's bugging you is that you're judging the person you say you love. That's what's bugging you. And you can walk away from them. Of course you can. You can never speak to them again. Of course you can do that. But that is not going to be helpful to you. And then they go ahead and do it. They write the person off and they say, you know, I don't know what they say, but they I guess they just think, you know, Jennifer doesn't understand what I'm dealing with. And um they write them off and I just it's so uh you know, it's just I just think, Oh okay, all right, I get it. I get it. Everything's good in God's neighborhood. Um But I, I to me, that is one of the most challenging things. Because that's exactly what this person, Linda, would like us to do. Just say, we're done with you. We're done with you. But I, that's just not how I want to roll with it. But we do have to have very firm and clear boundaries because just because people are very involved in spirituality does not mean that they will not try to pull every thread on the sweater because they will. And I have seen spiritual students do some crazy ass stuff, crazy ass. I mean, really, and just, just absolute. B.S. and they feel totally entitled to their B.S. So I just, I'm of the kind I just want to call a thing a thing with compassion and say, yeah. So because I I I've seen so many clients and 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 my friends too. If I there are times when I've just said, uh, like I can think of one time with uh, someone where um, they said I knew all the details of the situation and they were t- it was just dawning on them, you know, maybe I got a little defensive there. And I just said, oh, there's no question, you got incredibly defensive there. You really, really did. And you pushed everybody away from you and you made it really hard for yourself hmm i've been there i've done that not judging you for it but let's just let's just call thing a thing without judgment and if you can do that with a client a friend a loved one where they, they can feel you have no judgment for them you're just like and would you like some more cake would you like some cake with that realization <laughs> Because I think cake goes really well with realizations, especially ones that are hard to swallow. You know, a spoonful of sugar and ice cream too. Let's have some ice cream with that cake. And let's just go, oh, my God, you got to so defensive. Woo, what a fireworks display. Yeah, but what did you learn? What did you learn? Isn't that valuable? Great. All right. I think that deserves another piece of cake.
1: Yeah, I did kind of get to do that with her too, because the the one point when she was talking about the thing she originally emailed me about, um, and she said, this happened in 2004. And I said, really, you've been letting this disturb your peace for four years? <laughs> I said, I've said that so many times, but we don't have to do that anymore. And she was like, oh, yes, I have. I've been holding on to it for four years. Hmm. time to let that sucker go
0: (laughs) yeah and that's why she's experiencing it again because she didn't learn from it the first time been there done that you know i've been we've all done that right haven't we like oh i wish i had learned from it the first 12 times oh my god if only but here it is again
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, I've, I've definitely got things that oh, only I learned from it the first three thousand times, but here it is again. And fortunately, God holds nothing against us; just keeps offering us another opportunity, another opportunity.
3: So, getting smoother all the time. Carla, I have something. So. I think you kind of addressed this, but I'm not, I'm not, having, it's not in the spiritual counseling, but I would discover that often times the relationships are the similar. So one, and I think I know this, but I'm not sure. I think, I think I go over the edge is when you see, I see a pattern of behavior, right? And I'm not interested in judging it, but what happens is somehow, sometimes, I I fall. I start getting the judging and I, I notice that. Um, I'm not sure what I've been asking a question. But I think the question is this how do you hold the truth and see the behavior at the same time? So that's what we're doing is holding the truth to them, but seeing the behavior and needing to address what's happening, right?
0: Can you give an example?
3: Well, I guess I'd give an example to my my roommate. when she first when she came here she like wouldn't choose for herself she like wanted to put me on a pedestal and um i had i I chose to teach her but after a while i i had to i wanted to see i saw that she was learning she's learning she's growing i'm not sure if it's a good example but um after a while i lost my patience And uh, I didn't hold, and I'm seeing now, I'm not judging myself for it. I just see it. So this is the thing, actually. Maybe this is even better. I'm seeing it in myself. This is what I did. I didn't hold this space for her. I thought I was doing it. I was letting it go. And sometimes I have boundaries and stuff. And sometimes I'd let, let her do it. Whatever it is, whatever she's choosing to do, and just supporting her, but after a while, and I got, I fell, I, kind of, I kind of fall back into the pattern that I perceived in her, and so I became it. What was it that required patience? The repeated, the the repetition. Um, I, I she. Okay, this is actually number question number two. Is it she'd shift and then she'd fall back. She'd sh- we'd we'd have a discussion and she goes, "Oh yeah, I got it now." And then she'd fall back and she's like, she totally forgot all about it. And so that's my second one. And it's not that she's wrong or bad she's just not recognizing that pattern in herself maybe something else she recognized maybe it may answer question (laughs) but um i think it's similar to what linda's dealing not dealing with because that's not the way i want to describe it but experiencing is challenging people who challenge our choice to love. And I get that. I I really do get that. That they're teaching me to choose love in every experience.
0: Yeah, that's it. When we're authentically extending compassion, do we need any
3: patience? Hmm. I guess I. I feel, I get, I can see here what you're saying. I could have made phrased phrase that better. But, um, I guess that's what I'm, I was telling myself. Maybe that's the ball. But I was telling myself I need to be patient and understanding instead of choosing to see them in the light of truth. Well, and sometimes,
0: Carla, as you well know, uh, we can be what I call dysfunctionally compassionate, so we're codependent with them then, and we're enabling them to not stand up and do, you know, to be mature, responsible adults. So that's the thing that we we wish to avoid is enabling anybody's not growing, uh, or playing small, or being dysfunctional, or uh, anything like that. So the only way that we can see our way through this um, human experience is through really having uh, clear intuition and asking spirit for guidance, because there are times with this very same person when the thing to do would be to say, darling, sweetheart, I'm here to help you. Let's, Let's uh, you know proceed with love and all is well and I'll hit, catch you when you fall. And then there are other times when it's like, so if you if you're not going to take responsibility, you're going to fall, you're going to hit your head, and then that's going to be painful. And if that's your choice, that's your choice. I'll love you through it. I'd rather you didn't because there's more work for me, but so it's just, there are times when uh, the absolute right thing to do is to um, embrace people. I remember I went through a period uh, for a little while, a few months where I was working with a colleague who was learning spiritual counseling and, um, There were a few clients that I was working with that I said, um, you know, I think it would be helpful if you did this counseling session with me, if the client was amenable. So he and I did a couple of sessions together with uh, clients, and he said to me, he said, boy, you really coddle these clients. You really are so – I can't remember the – the word he used, but like you're just so like I can't I can't recall the word he used, but it, I I know he said something like coddling. You're coddling them, and I said I, I'm I'm having great love and compassion for them, great tenderness for them, uh, because that's helpful to them. They're they live in a hard world where people've been mean to them, and I'd like to them to know that I'm a safe place for them. And that whatever they're doing, whatever the dysfunction is, I can still love them and believe in them and care for them. That um, this is not, I'm not Dr. Phil saying, what kind of stupid is it? You know, whatever. That's not my way. My way is that love is the healer. And my colleague went, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude. So, um, but we can feel when we're doing that because it makes our life easier to not be hard with someone or not be definite with someone because we don't want to deal with just like, you know, think of all the parents in the world that see their children eating too much sweets or whatever it is, staying up too late or doing whatever it is, because kids are going to do whatever they feel like doing in the moment. If they're not disciplined and you know, little children don't have discipline and you say it's time to go to bed and they're like, I don't want to get to bed. And if you just said to them, all right, then stay up as late as you want. I'm going to bed. That would not be good. You know, or if you you let the kids, they say, "I want another candy bar. Why can't I have another candy bar?" And you say, "Well, you can have two or three. Have as many as you want. What do I care, right?" And um, that might seem easier in the moment, but it's going to create a huge amount of trouble later on. And it's the same with friends and family members, as it is with clients. That we have to we have to learn. How to discern are we, are we being dysfunctional with others because we don't feel like having clear boundaries? I wish I could find a better word for that than boundaries. I just do not like that word. Um, you know, it's like the concept of tough love. People have different ideas of what tough love actually is. And to me, it just, love is definite. Love is definite. It doesn't have to be tough. It's just definite. Like, I'm definitely not going to support you in hurting yourself. That's it. I'm clear about that. It's not tough love. It's just that's what what kind of love would it be to support you in hurting yourself? That's not loving. Anybody else have any other things that have come up that you'd like to discuss? Vanessa?
4: writing down these notes of what you just said, <laughs> I just want to say, first of all, Jennifer, I'm just so grateful for your authenticity and your humor. <laughs> it's just, it makes the learning. It, it is like a spoonful of sugar, <laughs> helps the medicine go down because I've noticed, I just keep noticing more and more, um, that my compassion can come from two different places. And it's been both a very liberating and a very vulnerable and painful realization. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, because I can see when Carla was talking about, just I could hear you saying, Carla, just I want, I, I'm trying so hard to be compassionate to her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I know that place so well. And I'm really, it sort of feels like the old scaffolding's falling down because. Once upon a time, when I was quite little, I really do feel still and felt then like I just came in with a, a great calling. And so I called it, I just am compassionate. I feel so much. I I so want to, but it got all wound up with my defenses of if I can just shine my little light so brightly, so brightly that I will heal the big people around me. And it has always felt like, well, I'm just compassionate. But, it, you know, it's exhausting. And I certainly relate to, <laughs> I was laughing so hard when you were saying, leave me alone, you're bugging me. <laughs> and, of course, then I feel would feel historically less and less as time goes by, but still historically ashamed or bad that I'm not being this Jesus, basically. And I could see where what was getting left out was if I didn't, shine my little light so brightly and heal them. I'm screwed because I'm all alone. And, and the compassion that was missing was compassion for myself. And so, and it's not, I would think, well, I can generate that myself. I can be compassionate towards myself. And I'm like, eh, that's not even exactly it. It's really, for me, I've been, while I've been, Intending and practicing meeting that with a lot of love and compassion. I had this voice come up the other day said, Well, you mean this is all am I I've been a fraud, this is all built on a house of cards on just a big defense? And because I feel so devoted to this work and I've done it for many years and I've would say many people have said, thank you so much. Uh, I'm not doing it for that reason, but I think it's done good. Well, but maybe I am. have been doing it in part. Of course I've been doing it in part. See, there I go again, for that reason. And that the more I really up-level my meditation practice and keep doing, I'm judging myself for, I used to hate that exercise. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to think about that. Judging myself for, judging myself for, Then this other kind of like, almost like, I don't know, primordial, compassionate from the angels, it feels like, from the angelic realms, from the celestial beings, just sort of comes up and gives me great compassion for myself. Yes. And then, what do you know? I'm not so exhausted. Yes. I'm not. You know, I, I somehow got—I've rarely sick, physically sick—and I got this horrendous sinus infection. And it lasted for ten days a couple of weeks ago. It was just been it was so painful. In the middle of the night, I just felt like—or I said—I was sitting in this chair, my head felt like it was going to explode. I just said, "I surrender. That's it. I surrender. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means, I surrender." And—and and then what do you know? Something—it was like something started to come up, so. It's not like I'm being compassionate towards someone else or even towards myself. It's like, I am tapping into this loving, compassionate, just God's love in a way. And it's been quite a humbling epiphany because with that kind of love, it was okay for me. I I noticed, I was said, it's like, you mean, this has all been sort of built on a defense and I heard the voice and it was, didn't feel judgmental and it didn't feel harsh. It just said, yeah, kinda. Yeah, it has. That, it doesn't mean that I also don't have this other deeper calling, but yeah, some of it, a lot of it, a huge top layer, like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it has been because i that was my big defense, because if I don't shine my light brighter and help everyone, I will be completely alone, completely defenseless, I will perish and so I'm just so grateful for you know all Jennifer your teachings in the in the community and it's like it's really it's really quite a different experience and I noticed since that's been giving away it's very humbling because I have to really stay centered in love or I can go into you know like wow you've been I don't want to say faking it but but the engine that's been driving it, maybe that's the best way to say it, the engine that's been driving it was coming from a defensive place instead of tapping into just this ground of all being, just this love that's always present, that it is who I am, who we all are, this light. So in listening to this conversation, what everyone's been saying today, I'm resonating so much with this thing. Oh, yeah, that's it, that's it. And I love the humor because it really helps me stay out of judgment. And, like, yeah, sometimes people are sitting on my last nerve, you know. It's like, stop being angry, I, you know. I know you're crying under there. <laughs> Not exactly a good approach. Um, so, anyway, thank you for listening. I just really felt called to share that.
0: I'm so glad that you did. I am so glad that you did, Vanessa, because – to me, what you're talking about, from my perspective, what you're, you're saying is really a living demonstration of how God uses everything for good, mm-hmm. without exception. So we take our karma, which has, is, is manifest as our false beliefs, and the mental-emotional patterns that are um, generated by those false beliefs, so our patterns of rejecting and grasping and needing and wanting and craving and, and uh, generating all manner of function, whether it's little or big or whatever, and it, God takes all of that and uses it for good, by giving you this burning calling that can serve others and in, you're constantly developing your compassion through um, practicing compassion and just being able to realize that oh some of it was totally selfish and some of it was totally loving and there's a mix of it and seeing it in myself I can love the mix that I see in others I can love the mix. I can see myself. And to me, it's uh, just the clearest demonstration of it's all good.
4: Thank you. That really encapsulates what I've been experiencing. So
0: thank you. And I've heard Venerable say many, many times that she has worked with so many people who are very involved in doing things like uh, putting – Laws on the books to protect children because when they were children, they were abused. They were neglected They were whatever and so they made that they became attorneys so that they would have the um, the means to put into law things to protect children and so I just see it over and over and over again that God uses everything for good. Everything, everything, everything. I was listening to NPR. I think it was yesterday or the day before, and there was some little story about uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z released a new album and that they had gone through these ch- marital challenges and they'd done it on the world stage and, that this album, you know, I guess, and I, I don't really follow them or pay much attention to them. Uh, I just, it's not my thing. I'm more of a rocker. So, um, but apparently when he was unfaithful to her, uh, she made an album called Lemonade and I'm imagining that it's taking the lemons of his infidelity and making lemonade from it. And uh, that with this Album which is entitled something like it's all love or love is all there is or something like that That it was a testimony to the love in their relationship and the power of forgiveness. This is what I heard them talking about on NPR and um, And I thought Yeah, this is the world that we live in that uh, we can take everything that we don't like and we can turn it into something that's helpful Everything, everything, everything. Like, how it's actually a great thing that they decided to lock these children up and imprison them at the border because that's causing an outrage which is going to bring a whole system of reform. It has to. It's painful for the children there course it is so we pray for them and kareen in in venerable's class today she said my prayer is that the older children there will be able to comfort the younger children and help them such a beautiful prayer Anybody else have anything? Uh, oh, we're just about at time here. Anybody else have anything that are burning to discuss before we close out? No? All right. Is anybody thinking of coming to the teacher trainings in August with me and John great Carla and Linda? would you say laurie possibly possibly great, and Paula, maybe you cal yeah I think I'm so excited for that I'm really excited for that i i I'd like to ask. <coughs> Do you all feel – I'm just curious. How many of you feel like you, you, you've you got all the sessions that you'd like to have and we're just about to do a new Finding Freedom? Um, but how, how many of you feel like, oh, yeah, I'd like to have a few more sessions and I'd like to get more? Um, okay. All right. You know what I'm going to do then is I'm going to um, – uh, I'll put it out more on social media and email. I do it periodically. So uh, that's what I was feeling. That'd be good to do that again. Okay, I'll do that. Yay. You know, I also found that when I wanted to get,
2: when I wanted to, when I was desiring to give more sessions that I just went on to the various groups and, said that that was my desire, I would love to, I'm working on my certification, I would love to offer 10 free sessions to the first 10 people that respond, and I put it on my regular Facebook, on the Finding Freedom page, on um, the Masterful Living page I was part of, and I ended up getting 10, so, you know, that was another way that I did it
0: as well. That's great. And we've talked a lot in the past about different things that people can do, and I definitely encourage you to do that, to to do things like on your Facebook pages or if you have an email list, uh, even if it's just friends, to say, um, I have some time coming up in the summer, let's say, to do uh, some extra counseling sessions, which I'd love to do, and to encourage people to make that commitment. I'm doing uh, three session packages for the price of two. I'm doing five second session packages for the price of three or something, you know, just to, um, if you buy five sessions, you get two free, something like that. Um, and then I, those of you who are close to certification, you can always do things like saying, I'm very close to finishing my certification. Uh, and so right now I'm doing a um, final days uh, special and all my sessions are half off. I have 20 sessions available this month and first come first served or, you know, you can do all kinds of things like that. Just be a little creative with it. And um, of course, in in the Masterful Living and Finding Freedom, it's a donation basis. Right. Um, but on your own, and um, when you see it on each other's pages, I encourage you to like other people's posts and comment on it. Like if you've, you know, let's say Lori posts and you've done a session with Lori and you see it in your feed, um, write a comment there saying, Oh, the sessions you did with me were so helpful, thank you so much. Uh, Because there's no, I mean, there's just no, there's no such thing as a limited quantity of clients or anything like that. And uh, one of the things I would encourage you all to do, if you haven't done it already, is to read uh, Joel Goldsmith's book, uh, The Spiritual Journey of Joel Goldsmith by Lorraine Sinkler, S-I-N-K-L-E-R and um, it's, I'll put a link into, the, um, into our Facebook group. Highly recommend that you read that book. I know some of you have already read it. Would you recommend it? Linda's nodding her head. Yeah, for me it was very inspiring and certain things I took away from that book really influenced me as a counselor, as a minister and a teacher. Joel Goldsmith, uh, such a great mystic, mm-hmm. great, brilliant teacher. All right, Linda?
1: Um, I just wanted to mention, um, I know some of the people in here already know, but um, Connie and I both have started ACIM study groups online. So You broke up for a minute there. Say it again. Connie and I have both started ACIM study groups online. That's awesome! Yes,
2: your posts—that's great. And I've been to both of them,
0: and they're both fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Mary. All right, that's great. Well, I—I—are they listed in our our world study group map? All right. Get them listed. Excellent. That's so great. I learned so much from doing that. Oh, my God, people would come in and push my buttons. (laughs) But it taught me to just stand firm and be loving no matter what. I will not be moved. I will not be moved. And I'll just tell you briefly that, I mean, you're doing it on video, but I did it on the phone. So people do some crazy ass stuff on the phone, you know, cause they can't, you can't see them. You can't catch them. Uh, you don't know where they live. So you don't even know if that's a real name or anything. Right. Um, but, um, some people would come on a week after week, they would whine and moan and cry about the same things. And, you know, life is happening to me. It's happening to me. It's happening to me instead of by me. And, um, sometimes uh, people were just so just such a sense of really I could feel that people in the study group wanted to just reach through the phone and say shut the hell up oh my god we don't want to listen to you anymore you are just intolerable and um I could feel it so strongly. Just people just like, ah, I can't take another minute. And they're thinking, do I hang up? What do I do? And, um, and I, and I just knew I was demonstrating true love and compassion. So I, it was fine for me. You know, it wasn't uh, intense for me. It was really, really good for me actually, and uh, afterwards, I would get this flurry of emails from people saying, you know, I just wanted to reach through the phone and strangle them and say, leave Jennifer alone. My God, can't you get it? And um, they'd say, but you just were the absolute living demonstration of compassion. I've never seen such compassion in my whole life. Uh, I, I didn't know what it was until that call. And I'm so glad I didn't hang up because, good Lord, I wanted to. So there were just all kinds of things that it's amazing how God uses everything for good. I'll just say that. It's extraordinary. So we just have to always know that, never doubt it, never forget it, never question it. Just affirm it again and again and again, even when, you know, even when you fall for the third time. it's it has to be for my good i won't accept it any other way i rejoice for my good thank you god for my good you know and that's when it really does help to say mother father god i thank you for my good yeah all right well on that note let us pray So grateful and so thankful to pray the hurt awake. Awake. Oh, awake. That's interesting. So grateful and so thankful to be wholeheartedly available for our learning, for our healing, for our softening, for our strengthening, for our opening, for our being more receptive to the all good of God, being more awake and aware of the subtleties of divine insight, wisdom, We are grateful and thankful to partner up once again with the Holy Spirit and to declare our willingness to be led and guided, nurtured and supported, profoundly loved and profoundly loving. We are grateful to share all the benefits of our life of wholeness and healing with everyone because we are one with them. We give thanks that we can allow it to be, and so we let it be. So it is. Amen. 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 Much love. Thank you. Bye for now.